0: It's a shame that you took so many notes for this episode, because now we are committed to only discussing Little Shop of Horrors.
1: I know. And <laughs> this is the problem, right? Because if I am looking at tickets for Little Shop of Horrors and then I'm talking to Phil within five seconds of doing that, there's nothing else I can talk about. There, this is just too strong a uniting factor.
0: Would it, would it be... I hate to say it is the perfect musical, because... I I don't believe in perfection but I also like believe that it is a musical that is very difficult to do poorly.
1: You said you didn't want to call it the perfect musical. I am comfortable calling it the perfect musical. I've never seen it live and it is top five favorite musicals for me so wow really I you've know. never seen it never seen it i'm like, so even excited accidentally
0: <laughs> like you didn't just stumble <laughs> across a church basement somewhere and like <laughs> accidentally walk in on a production of <laughs> the little drama
1: okay uh, by the way this is a podcast about the babysitter's club
0: was, we, this is pizza <laughs> toast we discuss the babysitter's club and i you know what christy i'm just gonna cut most of that <laughs>
1: <laughs> i figured you might yeah uh, (laughs) let's do a real intro
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge us to do a real intro
1: (laughs) i'm working at it hi hello and welcome to pizza toast it's a podcast about babysitter's club adaptations broadly other ephemera connected to those adaptations uh my name is christy
0: my name is phil
1: and you asked me earlier this week if i would like to select a babysitter's club book to adapt into a movie and what would that movie look like because we have been talking about the 1995 Babysitters Club movie for weeks, and we have been fairly critical of it, mm-hmm. and oh, it's like this. This feels very like, well, could we do this better? To me, <laughs> the answer, of
0: course, being, of course we could,
1: of course we could. <laughs> and I thought before because we both have a proposal for what I can understand of like yeah. which book we would like to adapt and what that would look like. And I think we should set some parameters before we get going because I was working under some assumptions. Okay. And the main one is that this has to be ninety minutes or under.
0: Okay, a ninety-minute or under. Yes. it Cannot be. It cannot be some sort of like a James Cameron-esque.
1: No. Uh, no, it can't. You can't need to put it on two VHS tapes if you're using a VHS tape format. It has to fit on one. So yes, you have a little wiggle room, but I'm thinking. This is going to be a child or, or at least like younger teen-appropriate movie. It should be a little shorter. Uh, I, mine, personally, is probably going to be rated PG or PG-13, but I don't Whoa. think that's... A, I mean, if you want a hard-R babysitter's club, then I'm not going to stifle your creative vision. But If
0: you want a hard-R babysitter's club, you are under arrest. <laughs>
1: that's,
0: that's all I'm saying.
1: Is Adventures in Babysitting like if that passed by the MPAA now, is that borderline hard R? I don't know. It's uh, not hard R, but it's it's definitely hard R. R. (laughs) It's not like (laughs) hard R. It's Riders. like hostile. No, because I'm. Th- I mean, I'm just thinking about the number of times somebody utters a gay slur in the movie. Right, <laughs> it the right.
0: It was uh, simply. Uh, I believe the 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 expression would be condemned. Is how my <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting, were produced today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's disappointing. There are a couple of very funny scenes in that movie, but all I can think about is like. Mark Cohen from Rent saying some horrible things. <laughs> the,
0: the, the sheer number, as a, as a parent to two children, the sheer number of movies I would love to share with my children that I am not comfortable sharing with my children from my own childhood is, is a far larger number than I am happy with, mostly because of gay slurs. <laughs>
1: Those were all the rage for a very long time and indeed somewhat in vogue. They were like they were
0: like mother's milk to a screenwriter back then. Like, I I don't know how to I don't know how to show that this character is angry at another character without throwing out a slur.
1: So my Babysitter's Club movie would not feature any slurs as far as as far as I'm thinking right now. It would be an interesting interesting addition to Babysitter lore. Uh, I think there is one d word in a california diary and I spent maybe three minutes talking about it on a california Diaries <laughs> episode it was so important to me at the time like the first time the mission impossible film series uses the f word is the sixth movie yeah which is just uh, incredible restraint on their part anyway uh <laughs> do are there any other ground rules we should set up here uh only that it has to I would
0: say that you know it has to be you know, Family film length. Yeah. uh, Like you said, it has to be, I would say it has to at least be, I don't know, that you know there's no other rules.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there are no, the rules, the rules is, the rule is there are no rules. Except for the
0: rules that we stated.
1: Except for the rules we've already gone over, right? And
0: it also cannot be based on uh, uh, Sweet Valley High or anything else. It has to be. Oh, yeah.
1: It is based on a babysitters club movie, I asked if it could be based on something else, and what I was getting at with that was, can I base it on like a, I don't know, like a California diary or something? And that was initially what I wanted to do. But that doesn't capture the tone of what we're going for here. That right. just ends up being a straight teen movie, and it's almost too easy. It's a much I was going to more- say,
0: can you yeah. base it on the Babysitter's Club board game?
1: I mean, why not? You could base <laughs> it on that, uh, that CD-ROM, I think.
0: That sure. CD-ROM, which we, I would love to discuss one day. <laughs> and we probably will.
1: Yes, <laughs> I think we should. Uh, so... What did you select?
0: Oh, you want me to go first?
1: Unless you, unless you'd like me to go first. I don't there... know.
0: You're the one who has pages of notes. I
1: don't have pages of notes. I just got really excited this morning and went into a fugue state, and all I was thinking about was, all I was thinking about was super special number thirteen, Aloha Babysitters. Ooh. Now. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here. You have not read Super Special 13.
0: I haven't gotten to Super Special 13. I believe it is. We're not far from it because no, you're not. Uh, because we are almost at the the Super Specials end. Like at some point, like yeah. they just they're just done, and uh, and we are, I believe, close to the end of the Super Specials. They the, the Aloha Babysitters comes after Babysitters 98. And we are at Babysitter's 86, so... Okay,
1: okay, that checks out, because an important, uh, well, I mean, the, there, are, there are many important notes about this book, but an egregious thing about this book is that both Abby Stevenson, who is added to the BSC, I think it either book 89 or 90, mm-hmm. uh, Abby is there, and so is Dawn, despite this being post-Farewell Dawn. Okay. So... It's a, okay, it's a lorangeous book, <laughs> of course it is, in which every Babysitter's Club member, aside from Mallory and Christy, go to Hawaii on a school trip.
0: On a school trip. Your 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 typical school trip from Connecticut to Hawaii.
1: With 6th through 8th graders, yes. One you of take those. the entire school... Mm-hmm. from
0: connecticut to hawaii do they go west or do they take the simpler route east around the globe
1: they they go west they go to lax and then uh or they go from whatever airport is closest to stony brook which i did not research and then they go to lax and then they lay over there and it's either Don or stacy who has to explain the concept of a layover to abby which is very good it's a good moment uh Uh, yeah i'm gonna spoil this book from beginning to end all right so this
0: is super special 13 this is from july 1996 mm -hmm. so uh just nine when it
1: came out so i would have been reading it on release
0: and yeah so this is uh this is only uh like a half a year well i'd say like three quarters of the year after the movie came out so
1: yeah very close after and So I want to explain how I'm justifying adapting a super special uh, rather than uh, like a much more laser focused book.
0: Great. So So why would this make a good Hollywood motion picture?
1: Yes. So, I mean, there are a few obvious reasons there. And by a few, I mean Hawaii, like setting it in Hawaii is a very obvious reason. Uh, The super specials tend to focus on like one big event that Mm. includes most, if not all the babysitters. And usually it is a trip or a vacation of some kind. There's like the exception of the one where they put on Peter Pan and a couple others like that. But it's mostly trips. And then the different characters take over the narration duty for different chapters. Every character who does narration has like a mini narrative. Uh, so we're going to have to give some of the girls short shrift here. Right. We well, have Who is left behind? Mallory and Christy. But the Mallory plot can still exist. Christie is all but not in this book. Great. No, oh, I know, which I think lends well to its uh, screen quality, but Christie does do one very obnoxious thing you, that you would have to leave in, so I'll, I'll get there. Uh, what's fortunate about this is that, like, in contrast with other super specials and in contrast with the adapted media we've seen, there, like... The characters that aren't given short shrift are Jesse and Claudia. Mm, okay. Jesse, yeah, because Jesse and Mallory are best friends, Jesse is taking careful notes the entire time of what's going on in Hawaii. And she can not necessarily, like, my idea is she wouldn't really be the narrator because I don't know about voiceover, right. aside from at the at, up at top. But she can just be hanging around in the background at all times and dropping it on everyone's conversations. And she gets more screen time yeah. that way. Claudia's plot is much more emotionally charged than everyone else's because Claudia is Japanese-American. And one of their scheduled trips, like mini trips while they're there, is to Pearl Harbor. Mm. And it's handled very deftly because Laurent just is good at writing that kind of thing without it hitting you over the head by being like too sentimental or anything like that. Uh, Um, let's see what else. Yeah. Her, her. So it's a story about her heritage and it's easily the the book's most compelling, even though Stacy almost dies in a helicopter crash. That's
0: what I want to (laughs) hear. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. So we have, we have deep emotional impact that's not related to simple family drama and a near-fatal helicopter crash. Yeah.
1: So I have two controversial views here, and they are controversial. Everyone would care about this. Everyone has an opinion on this. You can ask anyone. Uh, so Marianne's plot in this book is that she and Logan are attempting something called TBI, which is oh. Together But Independent. Okay, and TBI be-
0: also stands for traumatic brain injury. <laughs>
1: <laughs> By <That's-> the way, <laughs> so maybe they should have named it something different, is what you're saying. <laughs> we are we are practicing
0: something called TBI. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Did you know that over 100,000 Minnesotans have practiced TBI in the past?
1: I, di- I did not know that, but now <laughs> I do, and I, I like I feel both edified and very sad right now. So. <laughs> theirs is they're just trying not to be clingy because all their (laughs) friends have been ragging on them for spending too much time together which is a pretty normal babysitter's club thing like that's recurring logan uh gets like gets guff from his friends for it marianne is uh always being redirected to babysit or something (laughs) i okay so naturally they both hate it and they regret trying it i think it would be would make way more narrative sense if marianne stuck to babysitting because of course they find babysitting charges in hawaii of course that's a really common thing with the super specials there's unexpected babysitting right and uh logan is bad at surfing and that's like his whole plot and i i think that's cute enough that it can just be happening in the background and i would rather stacy and robert got this plot and the helicopter crash not occur
0: oh you would like the helicopter crash to not occur? i would
1: like to excise the helicopter crash so the book's climax it's dramatic stacy passes out she ultimately reconciles with robert they've been fighting the whole time uh it just doesn't have the oomph the claudia story does and it would cost a lot of money if they were to do it practically
0: right we and, yeah. uh, yes we we know not to mess around with helicopter <laughs> practical helicopter stunts
1: yeah if we've learned anything from the t- how many people listening are going to know about the twilight zone movie
0: Enough. enough enough people are going to know
1: not to bring yeah, up that a- <laughs> cursed film so there's a lot going on the whole time like stacy and robert are fighting marianne and claudia are babysitting logan's bad at surfing don is cleaning litter off of a beach of course of course abby's in a sunscreen commercial oh, all of it's oh, wow. happening concurrently oh by the way also they are running a farm day camp uh, back in stony brook
0: Just the two babysitters?
1: Yes, lest we miss anything that is a normal babysitting club trope. Is Shannon
0: Kilborn helping out at
1: least? I would hope so. I don't recall if Shannon Kilborn is helping out. I did try to reread this book this week, Uh. but my library had holds on it, which makes me... Oh my gosh. It makes me so happy that other people are reading Aloha Babysitters, because it makes me think there's a child who's reading through the series somewhere in my neighborhood right now. Mm -hmm. However... Did bum me out that the kid decided this was the week they were going to read Aloha, Babysitters. Aloha, <laughs>
0: Babysitters.
1: How dare they? Now, don't so, forget,
0: you can always buy them from uh, the Kindle store. Books.
1: It would take so long for it to get here. I need I my instant gratification. Digitally, digitally. Oh, that's true. That's true. Don't ever I, uh, forget
0: the digital resource. <laughs> so, Or narrated by Elle Fanning. Has she gotten to all the books yet?
1: Did she narrate?
0: She's narrated at least a few of them. Yeah, that's
1: not a bad there's a, casting choice. There is a
0: cover of uh, Christie's Great Idea that features Elle Fanning as Christie on the cover. Like she's like,
1: mm, and it's is all she wearing like, a wig?
0: <laughs> I don't think. So. I think it's just <laughs> Elle Fanning holding a notebook. But uh, yeah, uh, she's she's done a she's done a few.
1: Okay, so the one thing I missed in my rundown is that uh, the the other thing that happens in Stony Brook. Is Mallory has a run-in at the park with a mean grown-up? Another very uh, usual Babysitters Club inclusion. Uh, uh-huh. Christy has forced all the club members to wear T-shirts that have the Babysitters Club phone number on them,
0: okay,
1: in order to promote them. I guess in Hawaii and in Hawaii, Stony Brook. like yeah. that's
0: a long-distance call oh, for a hey. service you can't use.
1: But hey, guess what? That's how Claudia be like it gets her emotional coda. Because someone sees Marianne and Claudia wearing the shirts. is like, do you want to babysit our children?
0: Wow. (laughs) And then
1: Claudia meets their grandfather, who is a World War II veteran and is white, and has to explain to her, like, hey, uh, I mean, this is... This goes the best it possibly can, because I'm not sure how it would go in real life. But it goes very well where he's like, hey, just because you're Japanese American doesn't mean I'm automatically going to hate you. Because this is what she's felt the whole time she's been there since they go to Pearl Harbor and after. Right. So, so, but it all ties up very neatly. Oh, and Mallory is seen by a woman because Jenny Precioso is having a temper tantrum and Mallory's not intervening and the woman gets very mad and calls the club and basically cares about it, like to use common parlance wow. today. And then Mallory sees that woman with her own child and her own child is even more badly behaved than Jenny Precioso. <laughs> so that's how Mallory gets her comeuppance. It's weird.
0: Uh, all of this and you don't want
1: the helicopter crash? I want all of that and I don't want the helicopter crash. The reason I don't want the helicopter crash is because... This is the kind of plot that highlights all of the things about Stacy that are not great. Oh, and I I am realizing the more the more we talk about these, the more Stacy is like inching closer to favorite status for me. So I feel very protective of her at this point. And it's mostly just she and Robert are fighting the whole time. They take separate helicopters in their helicopter trip over a Crater. <laughs> I hate did- it.
0: I hate it when I am in a fight with Alana and we have to take separate helicopters. <laughs> That is the low point of any relationship.
1: It's weird that, like, obviously the reason Mallory doesn't go on this trip is because her family doesn't have the money to pay for her to go on this trip. Right. But everybody else can just spring for literally everything once they're in Hawaii. Oh,
0: yeah, of course. That's that's always the thing. The only thing holding you back, kid, is your 800 siblings.
1: <laughs> no, my but my quick points are, yeah, let's, uh, let's adapt this book. Let's kind of put everyone... Like we can squeeze a lot of things together here. Like the Abbey plot and the Dawn plot can more be punchlines than anything else. And I don't think we're really uh, cutting down on them in any way. Like cause they are both just the alternate officers. Let's push them to the background if we must. Um uh, okay. well here's my big question for you. Yes. I'm I am I am
0: the studio head. You are, yes, you you're you're in a meeting with me. I am, mm-hmm. I'm sitting back in my chair. I'm chomping on a cigar.
1: <laughs> That's what studio heads do. Yep.
0: Uh, uh, I've got my little nameplate on my desk. Yeah. yeah. Had, you, you've, you've delivered your pitch now. Now, my question to you uh, is, is this a movie that serves as, hey, you all love the Babysitter's Club. Here's an adventure. Or is this a movie that is supposed to completely introduce the idea of these characters to audiences?
1: I want it, honestly, to more be the latter. Okay. That is what I'm hoping for, because I think there are a lot of things in this book that are, em- a lot of things, like, let's say seven or eight things that are emblematic of the each individual character. Like we have Stacy is being a little boy crazy, and mm. uh, Claude, but Cla- eh. That's a, no, this is an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about actually pitching this as a thing. <laughs> this is just what <laughs> I want to see out of my Babysitters Club movie. I think it. I think it's a good crash course uh-huh. in in Babysitters Club, and I think it also has the hook of like this is a teen movie set in Hawaii with a bunch of fun girls, a couple cute boys thrown in there. It has more mass appeal, I think, than the Babysitters Club 1995 movie uh which didn't really know what it was doing whereas this is very much like hey fun vacation and then also establishing like this is what they would be doing if they were back home but then cutting back to hey fun vacation again
0: right right so uh i'm thinking when you have a book in a series that you're adapting into a major motion picture. And I'm thinking of, you know, like the, 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 the Tom Ripley series, Talented Mr. Ripley and all those. Yes. And how like every once in a while there would be a movie made based on one of the books. And instead of calling it by the name of the book, like Ripley's Game in 1977 was filmed as The American Friend with starring Dennis Hopper. And so, okay. anyone going to see this movie wouldn't know it was part of a, an existing series. If you had read the books, you'd be like, "Oh, this is Mr. This is this is Ripley's Game." But you didn't need to have read any of the books or known any of these characters to enjoy the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, would it be interesting to do a- Aloha Babysitters, <laughs> but give it a totally different title, unconnected to the Babysitters Club, that? As far as most audiences are concerned, they would just think this is a fun movie about teenagers going to Hawaii and, like, their wacky adventures. And they're, like, com- a coming-of-age story about a Japanese girl going to Hawaii with all of her friends, learning something about history and her family, and then, meanwhile, her friends are having, like, their own, like, bizarre adventures in the background.
1: I think you're pitching something that could... Like, I, I think we're cooking with gas now. I think, this is, I think this is brilliant. I think this would work. I do think... I do think removing it from the this is the problem with adapting the Babysitter's Club, right? Because it mm. gets more interesting when you remove it from the Babysitter's Club framework because then it's just a bunch of girls having fun, uh, doing their thing. And I don't, it, like the Babysitter's Club is interesting to me but to somebody who's never heard about it it sounds like kind of a strange conceit. There's something right. we keep coming back to, like both in our discussions of the books broadly and just the limiting factor of like we always want to have them babysitting because it is in the name right and then they can't grow and they can't learn because they're just babysitters forever and also stuck in a time loop that has them at 13 and 11 forever but imagine you go to you're like
0: hey this new movie has opened up and it's called i don't know it
1: can't just be called aloha is the problem because there's already there's already a
0: Perfect movie it's called Aloha. It's already a wonderful
1: movie called
0: Aloha. See, so Imagine going to see a movie called, like, I don't know, uh, Harbor of My Heart. And it's... Incredible. And, and you, all you've seen from the trailers, it's it's about a, a, a Japanese-American girl going to Hawaii and confronting uh, the reality of Pearl Harbor and, like, racism and yada, yada, yada. So you go see mm-hmm. it, and it opens up, and it's just this girl, Claudia getting ready with some of her, with her family. She's, uh, you know, ha- I hope you have a good trip. Uh, I'm so happy that some of my friends are going, uh, and you sort of catch up with a few of the friends and you're sitting in the audience and you're like, this is definitely a movie about this girl, but there's these other kids whose backstories seem very specific. Is this based on something? mm like to me, that's the kind of movie you want, where you're sitting there the whole time going like, and then at the very end, it's like they're all like, uh, like boy sure we sure did learn our lessons, <laughs> right. and then the credits start rolling, and it's all based on the series by Anna and Martin, and you're like, oh, this was a book series. <laughs> to me, that's the that's the quintessential experience.
1: I've had that the like I've had that so many times when I'm watching the credits, I'm like this. Fe- that is kind of what I'm looking for out of a movie. Let's be honest; like I want to, I want to be surprised heart. it's an adaptation at the end, or like <laughs> s- have the sneaking suspicion it's an adaptation and then get there, find out.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Harbor of My Heart, a Babysitter's Club story.
1: Uh, I think we can get a PG on there, although oh, that definitely. might not appeal to a mass audience in the same way. This could go directly to streaming; like this could go to a Netflix and a lot of people would watch it the day it came out because maybe we'd cast one of the uh like we could cast one of uh the girls from To All the Boys in There so you would mm. have that appeal we could cast uh that woman that everyone loved from Stranger Things Barb uh <laughs> What I love is the fact that
0: Netflix would produce this Babysitter's Club movie and use none of the cast from their own series.
1: Well, we need them to be a little older in this one. We need the time loop to have advanced to eighth grade.
0: Right, right. (laughs) um no yeah. it's great i think it's great this is a perfect movie uh perfect. I obviously would not play in the theaters because movies like this don't make it to theater theatrical r- distribution anymore not anymore uh, <laughs> no not since uh not since the streaming wars began and we suddenly realized that uh, the only movies that ever make it to theaters involve superheroes punching each other or giant monsters punching each other
1: this is more or less accurate I almost went to the movies this week. What uh, did you almost see? I almost saw Fellowship of the Ring, which is a movie that you should uh, see in a the theater. I I did. I did I, see it. I, as I did. did as well. <laughs> I've done it, I've done it 20 already. 20 years ago. Same. Hard same. It was a 20th anniversary situation, but I did not go. Uh,
0: was it showing the theatrical or the extended?
1: Theatrical. Oh, Know, that, was, that was only part of the reason we didn't go. It had also been implied there was gonna be some kind of hobbit reunion at that in the tickets. I, but of actual I read hobbits. Further and further, and it was like there's not gonna be any human people on the stage. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> not that yet. would be ridiculous.
1: It would be. Anyway. Uh, as I was but- saying. So tell me what you picked, because we've decided okay. my project would go straight to Netflix. They would cast some Netflix stars. They might bury it, but they might also push it up very high on the algorithm that day.
0: The day Okay, so mine's a little more involved. I started okay. off with it based on one book and instead mm-hmm. went to sort of a, okay, so here's my idea.
1: Is it a pastiche, Phil?
0: It's a bit of a pastiche, but not in the way you're thinking. Okay. Not involving any specific one book. Uh, well, I mean, guess that would be a pastiche, but yes. what, it, what yes. it is is this. <laughs> It is the story. It is a story set in Stony Brook, but it's set in Stony Brook during the the reign of the Babysitters Club. <laughs> but also in parallel, in flashback to the stories of of uh, of old Ben Brewer, Jeremy Brewer, uh, the 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 characters from the diary that they find. And you're telling the story of Dawn's house. So it's more the story of of a girl who lives in a farmhouse with her stepsister. She has a group of friends who are very supportive. They're all quirky, who are trying to figure out the mystery of what happened in this house that they think might be haunted. And you're tying in all these weird myths, myths almost from Stony Brook (laughs) history into this kind of, sort of sleuthy mystery maybe haunted house story centered on the farmhouse the dawn's dawn's farmhouse you wouldn't have to get too in-depth into the babysitters club aspect of it you could have all the characters because they're friends and they have sleepovers and they're all sort of like using their own specialty like like their 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 own certain gifts
1: mm-hmm. to
0: figure out what's going on here Stacy finds some clues in her house Mallory may find some clues in the library. Christy sort of like takes charge and heads up the the sleuthing. I guess Claudia provides snacks. I don't know. <laughs> or, you know, figures out something with the painting because there's like yeah, a painting yeah. with the painting over it. And uh, and in the end, you have this sort of like coming together of all the friends and helping resolve this Issue that didn't get resolved a hundred years prior, mm-hmm. and sort of putting the spirits, which may or may not exist, to rest. So it's more a a spooky, heartwarming coming of age mystery.
1: I have zero notes. This is so good. This is so <laughs> outside of the like because it's what it sounds like you're doing is you're writing a super mystery, but you're mm. which is the uh, double length mysteries. Because um, right. I don't know if we we have barely. We have not scratched the surface of the BSC mystery series, which was another... I've never
0: read any of the mystery series.
1: I've read two or three based on the covers. like I, So I'm not going to claim a lot of knowledge there. But the mysteries were just like a little spookier of narratives. They were less babysitting focused, although some did involve babysitting because this is the babysitter's club still. Uh, but there were also super mysteries, which were way more in depth and would take on like a haunted house or not or like i think there was one with a missing child or something there's like a lot of that sort of thing and to understand
0: this in the 1990s uh children's publishing specifically chapter book publishing was all about being spooky you were either about it was either about teen angst or being spooky, and if you played your cards right, you got both in one series. Even uh, on my other podcast, the Baron Stane podcast, the chapter books are all about teen angst and spooky things happening in town, in these mysteries. Like everyone also, was part yeah. of this,
1: and you have all the obvious ones, like the like your Goosebumps, your Christopher mm-hmm. Pike, like your right. your R.L. Stein Fear Street, which was the older R.L. Stein books, like right. basically for teens too spooky for me when I was reading goosebumps that sort of thing yeah. uh yeah no this is true there was a there was a huge spike in spooky books for mm-hmm. uh, for chapter readers and this is no this could be really fun uh my question are would you set it in the present day or would you set it in the 80s or 90s oh I
0: see I would yeah. say set it in the 90s mm-hmm. because people love that
1: people are really into that right now
0: yep people love setting stuff in the past set it in the 90s you could let people know it was in the 90s by playing some hole by (laughs) having people go to uh i don't what did people go to in the 90s uh 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 leaps and bounds
1: (laughs) i was Uh. gonna i was gonna reference like you said what do people go to in the 90s and my first thought was the cafe that they go to uh, on Saved by the Valve, the Max. I was like, no, that's nope. your understanding of the very <laughs> early nineties as influenced by television.
0: I was trying to think of what people did in the nineties, but everything has come back around so much that it's 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 kind of redundant.
1: It can't be that different. Like, uh, I guess I went to roller rinks in the late nineties, and I think those have fallen out of vogue a bit. We have we have three but I was just within gonna say driving, driving distance. Yeah. We There's a writing in my neighborhood one. that used to be a roller rink. That's all. I'm not going to go into any more detail there. That is a true thing.
0: Uh, so so you said it in the 90s. Said it in the 90s. It could have a little like voiceover by a popular female actress of the day saying like, you know, most of us had a group of friends we hung out with when we were teenagers, but, most, but mo- a lot of you didn't have a group like mine. Uh, uh. You know, we learned yeah, like you know, through our lo- love and life and laughter <laughs> we learned all there is to know about growing up and gr- getting f- having fun but there was one special summer where we put a ghost to rest <laughs> and, then, and then it said in the 90s and you have like kids in in hyper colors and
1: yeah, you could get you could get like a Jody Sweeten or something to do the voiceover. So it was an Easter egg, like a really nice, yeah. <laughs> like an aggressively nineties person. If you're going later nineties, maybe a a rising Disney Channel star,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> watching on TV, rising Disney Channel stars in the nineties, <laughs> <laughs> watching herself. Really
1: it doesn't have to be meta, but it could be a little meta.
0: And then and then you can have the Babysitters Club thing, almost as an afterthought, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a group called the Babysitter's Club. That's how weird we were. And then you just go on with the mystery. (laughs) Throw in a few Easter eggs for the fans.
1: No, I like this because then, again, this is the kind of thing where you watch the credits roll and you are not necessarily surprised it's a Babysitter's Club thing, but it has the air of the Babysitter's Club while being more of a genre piece than the Babysitter's Club was.
0: Right. Again, this would go direct to streaming.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, How many times can I say the Babysitter's Club in one episode?
0: That's the name of the the book series we discussed. I know it
1: is, but I just said it three times within a span of about 15 (laughs) seconds and it it started sounding weird. (laughs) sometimes around the
0: house here we just say beat the bsc uh
1: yeah yeah no that's normal
0: not the tbi though that's a that's a different thing entirely
1: (laughs) together but independent see i think the reason i think it'd be more interesting if it's stacy and robert is maybe they realize that tbi works really well for them and maybe then they break up even sooner than they do (laughs) i'm sorry but they break up at some point
0: oh no spoiler alert
1: (laughs) <laughs> Stacy never stays with a boy for very long, except Ethan and Robert are her, her long-term boyfriends.
0: So the reason I like the idea of this movie is because I feel like the spookiness of the Babysitter's Club, and it has actually, it hasn't in a while in the book series, but uh, I think that's because it all went towards those mysteries.
1: Yeah, because uh, the second book of the series, and we've definitely talked about this before, is claudia and the phantom phone calls so they went all in on the spooky within like the first couple books i uh i would like to see a one-off horror movie based on that my other ideas for (laughs) yeah a one-off horror movie a one-off horror movie not like a horror series like it doesn't turn into friday the 13th or something it's just the one story you know, like when a stranger calls, or, <laughs> but I, believe, I do believe that the episode
0: ended with them saying like the phantom phone calls are coming from inside our heart, wasn't that like how it
1: so, <laughs> something like that I think uh there were the other books I had thought about adaptations of just happened to be my favorite of the main series, like. Mm. Claudia and the perfect boy is a favorite of mine. And I think that's a fun throwback to when personal ads existed, but it's also a weird story because it is ultimately about like one of the main conflicts of the movie is Claudia can't get a date, which is normal. But another conflict is that, uh, there's a problem with exacto knives and, (laughs) and like putting a paper together and, uh, Marianne accidentally gives up her name that, uh, that Logan calls her, which is just, it's just a lot of weirdness. This is a very strange book. And I also thought of like, okay, there's a few Stacey books that are pretty meaty and could be good teen drama, but that doesn't, that doesn't represent the series on a whole. These are just like the, the tiny stories about my favorite characters that I want everyone to know (laughs) about. Sort of
0: (laughs) books that you would like to see adapted for the screen.
1: Yeah, exactly. As part of
0: the grander series.
1: No, not at all. Because Marianne's makeover is not representative of the whole series. Even, uh, oh, I would like it to be so much because it's just her friends what if the, being mean What to if her. the Netflix
0: series just cut all of her hair off and <gasps> gave her a, I would like be, a pixie cut?
1: Oh, I would be heartbroken. <laughs> what would that even look like? It wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't work at all. No, no. There's a, yeah, would not work. Oh, her Again, her is Marianne so is a very
0: different character in the Netflix series than she is in the books.
1: Yeah, that, which we we talked about almost mm-hmm. a year ago now, which is wild, like how she is the most divergent from her character on the page. I do think it would be wild if
0: Netflix, so you know how like DC has its TV shows, Supergirl mm-hmm. et al, and it also has its movies, the Snyderverse and those films. Yes. But they don't they're not the same universe. No, they are never based the on the same characters. Need. Yeah. So wouldn't it be cool if Netflix was like, we're also going to make Babysitter's Club movies <laughs> that are not related to our Babysitter's Club TV show that are higher budget, bigger stars and far more like intense and focused on like actual like teen issues than right. the, like than the kids show. That would be really interesting
1: it would be I'm thinking about how DC has like Grant Gustin plays the flash on television and Ezra mm-hmm. Miller uh, yep. uh, almost like at the time they cast him not a movie star now I would say a movie star right. uh it, like this is that's what they could do they could capture somebody who star is on the rise i'll uh uh, Soshi so Gomez then being taken in by the Marvel machine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and as on the TV series, The Flash, during the Flashpoint paradox run, The Flash runs into Ezra Miller's Flash in one episode because he breaks the barrier of reality and accidentally enters the Snyderverse and gives Ezra Miller the name The Flash accidentally.
1: That's very good, actually. He's like, That's you're really The cute.
0: Flash in this universe. And he <laughs> disappears, and Ezra Miller's like, The Flash, huh? Because he doesn't call himself The Flash in the movies. And that could happen in the Netflix Club series, <laughs> where, I don't know, Elle Fanning rips through space and time and accidentally encounters little Christy.
1: It can't be Christy. I realize she's... she's... She looks nothing like Christy. Come on. Give her some brown hair. Give her some brown Also, She's, in
0: her, she's in her 20s. <laughs>
1: Elle that's Fanning's also, a woman. That's also a difference between the two of them. <laughs> so I, I almost like we could bring these two movies in as a pitch, like the two of them together, because they are both so obviously cut out for streaming. Yes. You cast some of the same people in both of them
0: god why don't we work for movies
1: it's dumb that we don't work for movies sometimes i work for writing about movies but that's it
0: (laughs) that's different we should we should get a job writing for movies and then write this movie and they'd have to make it
1: (laughs) that's how movies work right
0: i know god i should go to hollywood and get one of them movie jobs so is that's is that, that's this episode. We just did this episode. We
1: did it. And I think we did a good job of it. And I think we're probably going to go sell these later today. I'm going to write up a spec script. Yeah, Phil is literally patting himself on the back. Um, mm-hmm. I can't do that because if I lean back far enough to do that, then you see my uh, my Playbill baseball shirt. And I'm already embarrassed enough that that's what I've decided to wear today. Look, I'm wearing
0: a Central Park hoodie.
1: Well, we're it's both a, wearing very quintessentially New
0: York pieces. Central Park, New York City since
1: 1858. Oh mine is uh, since 1884.
0: Wow. Did I you like know Playville think that was the, that
1: old? I didn't before I worked there.
0: I'd like to think that the founders of Playville sat in the in the in the relatively new Central Park and <laughs> and put their heads together on how to come up with a magazine that would appeal not only to theatergoers but to high school students across America. <laughs>
1: You know what? They nailed it. They, they did. They nailed it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, let's, uh, yeah. Should we say goodbye to our friends?
0: Are we done? Is that it? Wow, that was I, I don't fast. know what
1: else to say about That's movies. what happens,
0: though, when you write stuff down ahead of time.
1: It's crazy. It's, it's tight. Maybe i was gonna say we should do that more but that's preposterous never preposterous. i will never plugs plugs uh I, if you uh, if you want to follow us on twitter where we've gotten engagement lately can you imagine uh we're at pizza Toast pod we're also PizzaToastPod at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line uh i'm at admiral christie on twitter you can figure out how to spell it you're smart uh-huh. and phil where are you
0: uh, well, as you said in the last episode, I am at P. Corey Gonzalez on Twitter. Uh, I was so f- surprised that you actually knew what it was, because uh, I have <laughs> to stop and think about it half the time. Uh, you can also find me at my other shows, Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast, uh, and uh, uh, what's that one called? It's Del Toro Time, a Guillermo del Toro adjacent
1: podcast. Oh, you love to do the adjacent podcasts. It's kind of your stock and trade at this point.
0: This, this one is still babysitters club focused like we're yeah, not like true. we're not a year and a half into just stuff that's kind of related to things like the babysitters club
1: <laughs> that's true but we could get there fingers Woo-hoo. crossed <laughs> okay.
0: tune in well, next week when this will be a little shop of horrors podcast
1: i'm in <laughs> oh. awesome okay all right so goodbye goodbye friends goodbye friends